I'd like you to take out your Bibles and get them ready. Because today I want to hit a number of different scriptures today. Um, we're just going to be going uh, to a number of different places in the Bible uh, to feed us and give us what we need today. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Today I want to just share a message entitled, Where's Your Praise? Where's Your Praise? You say, Pastor, you were here earlier. Were you not in the meeting? Did you not hear us praising God? I did, and that's wonderful. That's a wonderful experience when we are in the presence of the Lord and we are experiencing Him and we are praising and we are worshiping, and that's only part of it. I don't know if you're like me, lately it seems as though I'm forgetting lots of stuff. You know, I, I, I forget, uh, uh, recently it has been happening to me where I will think of something, I will immediately get up to go do that thing, and maybe it's on another floor in the house, maybe in the basement, and I will arrive at my destination and I will immediately forget why I was there. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you went upstairs and you stood there and say, now, am I supposed to be going downstairs or did I just arrive here for a purpose? That's, that's sort of what's been happening to me. You know, you just, you forget things. And you forget where you put things. You forget where things are going on. If we could just find out what's happening back there, if we could just take care of uh, I don't know if it's a little one uh, getting a little, little rambunctious. But we forget where we put things, and we want to go find them, and we, we're looking around. We don't know where it is. And then the other, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for my keys. I was like, where did I put my keys? Where did I put my keys? And all of a sudden, I look in my hand, and my keys are literally in my hand. Of course, there were other things that were in my hand as well, but I'm walking around as if somehow I have lost my keys, and they're in my hand. It's right there. You know, I believe that from time to time, we do that with praise. That it's right there in front of us, and it's, we, we find in Scripture, this message today is not about the time that you're supposed to praise the Lord, and it's not about how we're supposed to praise the Lord. It's about where you're supposed to praise the Lord. And I believe that many times we forget where it is that we are supposed to be praising the Lord. Now, there are some obvious things, and the first point I want to deal with today is absolutely obvious, or at least I think it should be obvious, to those of us who are in the presence of the Lord, who love to come into the house of the Lord, and we love to praise the Lord. But even then, we can forget that the Bible indicates that we are supposed to praise Him in His house. And that's the first place that we need to praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to the Psalms. Psalm. Turn over to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. We are to praise Him in His house. Praise Him in His house. Psalm 22. In verse 22, the Bible says this, I will declare, Psalm 22, verse 22, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. 
in the congregation, I will praise you. Brothers and sisters, when we come into the house of the Lord and the presence of the Lord, this is not a place for us to sit and somehow look around and see who is here, what's going on, and be a spectator. In fact, when we come into this place, this is called Praise Tabernacle. It was named that for a reason. Well, a couple of reasons. The first reason was the old name was too closely associated and sounded like a group that ended up being a cult. So we had to dump that name very, very quickly. But the other reason is this has been a place of praise from the very beginning. A place where we can call upon the name of the Lord and we feel open to praising and worshiping the name of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, he says, I will praise you. In the congregation, I will praise you. There are times when you come into the house of the Lord and maybe you don't feel like being here. Let's just face it. From time to time, on any given Sunday, you might come into the presence of the Lord and you don't exactly feel like being here. You dragged yourself out of bed. You smacked yourself on the face to wake yourself up. And you just say, I would rather stay in bed. It's a gray day. I mean, I know I, know I woke up this morning and I thought, wow, it's nice and gray. I can sleep. Then I realized we have church today. No sleep for me. You've, you come in and you're tired. You're weary. The, the, the week has been rough. It's been difficult. But yet you come in and you say, well, I'm here. But you know what? Let me just kind of sit here and I'm going to be still and know that he is God. Wrong verse for you. At the beginning of the meeting, it's not about being still and knowing he is God. It is about what, what the writer of this psalm said. In the congregation, I will praise you. Well, I'm going to praise him silently. You know, you look in the Psalms and you don't exactly find a great deal of silence in praise, do you? When you read through the whole book of Psalms, you begin to see that it's got to be something that comes out. It's something that's done vocally. It's something that's done in that way. But he says, I will praise you in the congregation. Turn over to Psalm 35 and verse 18. Psalm 35 and verse 18. And the Bible says this. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among throngs of people, I will praise you. Now, we have a small throng of people this morning. But nonetheless, we have a group of people here. And this is a place that we are to come and we are to praise the name of the Lord. You say, but I'm not used to that. I kind of grew up in more of a reserved atmosphere. I can understand that. There are many ways in which our, our environment has shaped how we view what it is that we're doing. And yet at the same time, is not God bigger than our environment? Is not God bigger and has he not done great things for us? Then what we need to do is when we come into the house of the Lord, we need to put our praise on. The Bible says put on the garment of praise. Put it on like it's your coat and begin to magnify the name of the Lord and begin to praise Him for all that He has done and everything that He is going to do. You say, Pastor, it's too hard for me to do that. Listen, it might be hard for you to do that, but I want you to know that nonetheless God is going to be there to minister to the need of your life when you begin to praise Him. Praise Him in the sanctuary. 
Praise him where we are. Praise him in the great assembly. Verse Psalm 116 and verse 19. Turn over to Psalm 116 and verse 19. The Bible says this. Psalm 116 and verse 19. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. When you come into the presence of the Lord and you come into this place, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Look, nobody's going to be standing over your shoulder and say, hey, come on, you're not loud enough. No, 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 we don't do that. But I want to encourage you between what what it is that you know that God has done for you, between you and God, say, God, you're worthy of my praise. When I come into this house, when I come into this building on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night, Lord, you're worthy of my praise. You're worthy of me opening my mouth and glorifying you for all that you've done. Look, say, I I feel a little funny. I'm not sure what other people are going to think about me. Who cares what other people are going to think about you? You begin to praise the name of the Lord and say, God, you are so great for all that you have done for me. You rescued me from sin. You changed my life. You gave me a hope and a future. You've given me eternal life, Lord. And for that very reason, when I come in to this place, I am going to praise you with everything that is within me. We're to praise him in his house. That's not hard for us to understand. But here's where it becomes a little more difficult. Not only are we to praise him in his house, but we are to praise him in our house. Turn over, if you would, to Exodus. Turn over to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. And I want us to see this. The Bible says this. Let's start reading at verse... Let's start reading at verse 7. The Bible says this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses <coughs> excuse me, went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Now look at verse 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent... They all stood and worshipped where? Each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. That's something I've preached in the past, that last verse, that last phrase or that last sentence there. But look at verse 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud... That was the presence of the Lord that was shown to them visibly, standing at the entrance to the tent, that is the tent where Moses had gone to meet with God outside the camp. They all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to his tent. Did you see that? Each at the entrance of his tent. 
Brothers and sisters, there are so many things and so many times in our lives, so many things that occur and so many times in our lives where when we come into the presence of the Lord, we in the church, we begin to praise God and we worship and we feel so good. We come out of our meetings and, and there is such a, a charge in our spirits because we have given ourselves to praising God while we're here. But as soon as we get back to our tent, as soon as we get back to our house, all of a sudden the music has stopped. All of a sudden the rush of, of feelings and emotions and whatever it was that we sensed in the presence of the Lord, it's all of a sudden it's gone. And we get into our house and then we are reminded oftentimes of the difficulties that we are going through and the dark moments of our lives and the difficult times that we might be having. And all of a sudden, we forgot where our praise was. Well, it's back at church. It wasn't supposed to stay in church. It wasn't supposed to stay there when you left the building. Brothers and sisters, our praise should not be left in this building. Look, when we go outside of this place, brothers and sisters, we don't live here. This is not where we live on a daily basis. We're here once, twice a week. But when we come into this place, yes, we ought to praise God. But where it's most important and more important for you and I to praise the Lord is where we live, where we are. What is going on in your house? What's happening in your life? What is it? What sounds are coming out of the place where you live and the place where you abode? The Bible says when all the people recognized that God was going to be speaking with Moses, the Bible says that they stood at the entrance of the tent and their tent and they worshiped. You say, well, then we got to wait for, you know, us to see a cloud. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the place where worship ought to happen. The Bible says it happened in their tent. And brothers and sisters, it has to begin to happen more often in our tents where we live, the places that we live, and what it is that we're doing on a daily basis. My question to you is, do you worry more about what is going on in your life, or are you concerned about giving honor and glory and praise to the Lord where you live? I don't know about you, I want more praise. I want more praise in my tent. I want us to praise God where we live. I want you to praise God where you live, where it is that you are. Listen, the, the first reaction oftentimes if one is one of frustration. Maybe our first reaction is one of anger. or Maybe our first reaction is one where we just sort of somehow feel as though things are just so bad. We can't do anything. We can't pray. We can't praise. And yet over and over in Scripture, we are reminded from time to time that the thing we need to do is we need to praise him more than anything else and praise in that praise God says I will dwell and come down and minister to you we need to praise him in our tents we need to praise him where we live well what can happen there well unfortunately there are times where we can go through something that the people of Israel went through and that is desert experiences you see when this was occurring they were out in the desert they had been delivered through a mighty, mighty miracle, a mighty deliverance. They had been delivered out of slavery in Egypt. They were in bondage in that place, and they had been brought out. And God had delivered them in such a mighty, mighty way. I want you to turn over, if you would, to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15, actually, we're going to pick up, and we're going to start reading 
right at the end of chapter 14. Exodus. Let's look at chapter 14. And I want you to see what it is that God did for them. The Bible says this. But the Israelites went through the sea, starting in verse 29. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. With a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Him and in Moses, His servant. Now when you begin reading in chapter 15, and we're not going to take the time to, to begin at verse 1, but you begin to read and the Bible says this. Actually, I want to just read verse 1 because the Bible says this. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. And then it goes on and says and shows what it is that they sang. They sang praise to the Lord. They gave thanks to the Lord for bringing them out and bringing them through the Red Sea with such a mighty, mighty miracle. But I want you to go down toward the end of chapter 15 and see this. Look at verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. And they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Merah. So the people prayed. Oh, wait, no, no, no. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? I'm going to stop reading right there. Three days earlier, they stood on the shore of the Red Sea. They stood there and they sang praises to God. They praised the Lord with loud voices. They sang to the Lord for all that he had done. They sang about the great victory that had been won on that day. They sang about the fact that through the Red Sea they had come. Nobody's supposed to go through a sea, but they went through a sea. They sang about the fact that the Lord had destroyed those who had come after them to kill them and who had put them in slavery for so long and held them in bondage. Their praises were great. Their praises were loud. And three days later, they forgot where their praise was. Three days later, when things weren't looking up, things were not looking so good, all of a sudden now the Bible says, instead of praising, they grumbled. How many of us have been there? Sunday, we come in, God's done something really great. We're so excited. We can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. We get into the presence of the Lord. Maybe we share something with somebody. We let them know a testimony of what it is that the Lord's been doing. And we praise God with such loud voices, loud and high as the Bible indicates. And we are just so thankful. And all of a sudden, three days into our week, 
And when all of a sudden hell breaks loose and problems come and difficulties come your way and all of a sudden, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe it. God, why are you letting this happen? We're pointing our finger at God. Earlier in the week, we were praising God. Now we're, we're pointing our finger at God and saying to God, how could you let this happen to me? Where's your praise? The people of Israel seem to have left it on the, on the seaside of the Red Sea. They forgot to take it with them. They forgot to pick up their praise and bring it with them like their garments, like their clothes. They forgot to take it up and put on the garment of praise and take it into the desert with them. The Bible says that they got out there and they couldn't find any water. Three days, no water. They're running out of it. They probably brought a reserve. They had a little bit there, but they're worried now. Three days and no water. Certainly, God, you know, you can't take care of me now. Certainly, Lord, you're not powerful enough. He opened the Red Sea for crying out loud. He opened the Red Sea and he can't provide water in the desert. He is unable to do that and yet we refuse from time to time to give ourselves to praise because we think that somehow God has abandoned us. Listen, God has not abandoned you. He has not given up on you. My question is, where is your praise? They had left their praise at the Red Sea. They forgot to take it with them. I wonder what would happen, what would have happened if the Israelites, after they got through the Red Sea, if they had praised the Lord at each junction, at each point where difficulty came, at each trial that came their way. I wonder what what would have happened had they given themselves to really praising God at a time where they couldn't find water, at a time where they couldn't find food, at a time where they just so were, were so discouraged and maybe the enemies that were around them were coming after them and coming to get them. All of the people that lived out in the desert and the hill country around them that saw this people coming through their land and they set themselves against them. I wonder what would have happened if they had just praised the Lord instead of grumbled and complained. They praised in the desert. You see, that's part of praising in your house because there are times that you, you're in your house, nobody knows the desert that you're, you're going through. Only you know. See, your houses are where we let our hair down. Isn't it? Now, all of you got, you got dressed real nice, you came to church, and, and you're in church today. You're with people you don't live with. So let's just face it. We don't act the way here that we do at home, do we? Thank God. We don't. No, we're here to worship the Lord. I'm not talking like, you know, this, this should be a free-for-all, and this should be a place where we just, you know, just let it all hang out. No, 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 that, that's for your house. But there are things that go on in your house as well. The private pain, the private struggle, the things that you go through, the dark moments in your life, and in the middle of all of that, you are, as it were, walking through a desert where you can't seem to find any hope or any help, and you can't seem to find any water, as this this indicates, and you're there, and you're dry, and you're thirsty, but you don't quite know what to do. Can I encourage you that in your house, you've got to praise. In your house, you've got to worship in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you go through. You've got to break through in your house and praise the name of the Lord because He is always worthy of praise right where you live. Praise the name of the Lord. They grumbled and they complained. Can I encourage you, don't make the same mistake as the Israelites. You praise Him in your house. You praise Him 
It's like Job. Job praised him in his house in the ash heap of pain. Listen to what the Bible says. You don't need to turn there, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to just deal with one last thing, and it is this, two last things. It is this, that Job says this. In Job 1 and verse 21, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised. Do you, do you understand? We understand the book of Job. I think most of us have at least read or we know at least the first part of the book of Job. We sometimes get into the speeches of his friends and all of that. We get a little bogged down, but we know what happened in Job 1 and 2. We know what Job went through, the loss that he experienced, the great pain that he is now physically experiencing on his body with the boils and everything that is there. And, and, and he has literally been robbed of all ch ten children. They have been taken from him. And yet Job is in the middle of his ash heap. He is in a moment of private pain. He is in a moment where all of a sudden now things, his heart's been ripped out of him. He just he doesn't understand what's going on in life and what's happening and what has been happening in the, you know, in the heavens and what's been going on around him. He doesn't know what, what the end of the story is going to be. And yet in the middle of his pain, can you see it? Can you feel it? Brothers and sisters, he picks up his praise. He puts it on and he says, the Lord is taken away the Lord gave but praise the name of the Lord I don't know about you but that's a that's a smack in the face in a good way that's a smack upside the head like get with it brother you ain't got no trouble you haven't gone through what Job has gone through have you gone through that kind of pain and yet somewhere along the way Job didn't lose his praise he didn't forget where it was he praised him in his house. He praised the Lord in his house. Where else do we need to praise? We need to praise in the enemy's house. Oh, this is where all hell is breaking loose. This is where you're in the middle. You know, you could be in the middle of the worst place. And yet you can praise the name of the Lord. This, this is where the enemy seems to be having his way with everything and everybody around you. And it seems as though he is gunning for you. He says, I'm going to get you. I'm going to take you out. I am so going to take care of you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pull you out. And you are no longer going to be able to keep moving ahead in God. But instead, I'm going to pull you down. And I'm going to bring you down. Listen, the Bible says this. Turn over in Judges. Judges chapter 7, if you would. Judges chapter 7. And I want you to see this. Judges chapter 7. And we're going to pick up reading. We're going to pick up reading at verse 13. This was right when Gideon had been absolutely stripped of all of, of his men, all of those who would be able to help him. And now God has brought the number that is supposed to bring deliverance to Israel from 35,000 down to 300. He's got 300 men. But he goes down at night into the camp of Midian. The Midianites had come. They had, they had been uh, destroying the land of Israel. They had made the Israelites once again subservient to them as a nation. But now we come at the defining moment, the final moment 
And Gideon goes down into the Midianite camp. Listen to what it says. Gideon arrived, verse 13 of chapter 7 in Judges. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. Verse 14, his friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. This is a Midianite person telling about a dream and giving the interpretation to the dream. And Gideon is outside this tent hearing what's being said. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. When he heard it, he worshipped God. The Bible then goes on and says, he returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up, the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. There are times when things are so bad in your life, it is as though the enemy is doing whatever he wants to do. And he is making everything in your life go so badly. And we know that there are times the enemy attacks us. We also know there are times it's not the enemy. It's just somehow, you know, we make bad choices. We make stupid choices, whatever it might be. But this was, he was right smack dab in the middle of the camp of the enemy. And all of a sudden, you know what he gets right in the middle of it all? He gets a word from the Lord. He hears what God has to say And God assures him in that moment, Gideon, I am in charge, I am in control, and I am going to take care of the situation. And you know what Gideon does? He didn't even leave the camp. I know he does it silently or quietly because he's no fool. But the Bible says right then and there he worshipped. You see that? Right in the middle. Listen, some of you are walking, some of you teenagers, you're walking into high schools that that are, you know, it's crazy there. People and kids are doing whatever they want to do. You uh, Grown-ups, you're walking into a, a, a grown-up situations, jobs. Everybody's talking the way they want to talk. They act the way they want to act. Out on the streets, they do whatever they want to do. They live however they live. The enemy is in complete control. The question is, are you worshiping right where the enemy is? Are you worshiping in the house of the enemy? When you have to walk into that situation, are you praising God in spite of the evil that you see around you? Or all of a sudden, do you get quiet and lose your praise? I want you to know, brothers and sisters, God has called us to be a light into this world. He has called us to be a light to those who are hurting and those who are lost. And the one thing that we have to remember is, where is our praise? We've got to bring it with us. Take and put that garment of praise on and don't take it off. Don't leave it at home. Don't leave it at church. Don't leave it around, hanging around so that you lose where it is. Oh, I've got trouble. I've got difficulty. God doesn't know what I'm going through. God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what's going on, but we've got to praise him wherever we are. Let me read this. And this lets us know that where we're to praise God is everywhere. You don't need to turn there. You want to write down the verse. That's fine. Psalm 113 and verse 3. The Bible says this. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, 
The name of the Lord is to be praised. Where is that? The whole world. Because we know it rises in the east, sets in the west, but as it's setting where we are and nighttime is falling on we are, somewhere else in the world it's rising. So for those, wherever they might be in the world, they've got to praise the Lord where it's rising and it's setting. We are to praise the Lord wherever we are. Wherever your situation, you say, Pastor, if I start praising God at my job, they're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to throw me out. They're going to call, you know, they're going to call somebody and, and have me carted away. I'm not saying you have to be silly and you have to stand on your desk and praise the Lord. But I am saying that where you are, you can just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me in this project. Thank you, Lord, for ministering your strength to me today. I walked in not feeling good, but I began to praise you. And you've given me the strength to make it through the day. Brothers and sisters, we need to praise him wherever we are. Young people, when you go into your high schools, when you go into your schools, you begin to praise the Lord, you know what? Things will begin to change. It'll begin to change. You say, I can't change anything. You absolutely can change it. When you change the atmosphere of your own heart and your own mind and your own life and you begin to put it on the Lord and you focus on Him, listen, God's going to use you in a mighty way to change your situation and change your school where you are. You might have a difficult place, but begin to praise Him. Let's praise Him together. We need to praise the name of the Lord as never before. And that's exactly what I want us to do right now. I want us to stand to our feet. And if you are not accustomed to praising God vocally and out loud, I want you to just ignore what it is that you're accustomed to and just begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. The Bible says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It says, clap your hands, O ye people. The Bible lets us know that we're supposed to praise God in so many different ways. But you know what? Let's put on the garment of praise right now. Put on the garment of praise right now and begin to magnify the name of the Lord. Begin to praise Him for all that He has done. Let's praise the Lord in His sanctuary. Let's praise Him in His mighty heavens. Let's praise Him for the acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him today for all that He has done. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, lift your voices and magnify the Lord.